human dignity in the story of creation. Human beings as the crowning glory of God's creation. According to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the dignity of the human person is rooted in his creation, in the image and likeness of God. They are the masterpiece of his creation. Like him, they are capable of self-knowledge and can freely give themselves and enter into communion with others. This is narrated in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, 26 to 27, which tackles about the origin and creation of human beings. Thus, human persons with a divine image in them possess significant qualities. Number one, spiritual and immortal soul. Number two, the intellect. Number three, free will. And number four, self-determination. The human person created in the image of God is a being at once corporeal and spiritual. The biblical account expresses this reality in symbolic language when it affirms that then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Also, the church teaches that every spiritual soul is created immediately by God. It is not produced by the parents, and also it is immortal. It does not perish when it separates from the body at death, and it will be reunited with the body at the final resurrection. By the virtue of his soul and the spiritual powers of intellect and will, man is endowed with freedom. God gave us the ability to learn about things and understand them by the use of our intellect. Through our senses, we gain knowledge of things around us. God created man a rational being, conferring on him the dignity of a person who can initiate and control his own actions. God willed that man left in the in the hands of his own counsel, so that he might, of his own accord, seek his Creator and freely attain his full and blessed perfection by cleaving to him. Man is rational, and therefore, like God, he is created with free will and is master over his acts. Only in freedom can man direct himself towards goodness. Thus, we have the ability to choose between one action or another action. Authentic freedom is an exceptional sign of the divine image within man, for God has willed that man remain under the control of his own decisions. Hence, man's dignity demands that he acts according to a knowing and free choice that is personally motivated and prompted from within, not under blind internal impulse nor by mere external pressure. Human beings as stewards of God's creation. True freedom is an essential requirement to human dignity. It is the power and right to do that which is right and good. It is rooted in reason and will to act or not, to act, to do this or that, and so to perform deliberate action on one's own responsibility. The more one does what is good, the freer one becomes. There is no true freedom except in the service of what is good and just. The choice to obey and do evil is an abuse of freedom 
and one becomes a slave to sin. We become increasingly free to the extent that we turn away from sin and chose instead to direct our lives and actions towards God in service to one another, doing what we ought rather than merely what we want. We are reminded that the exercise of freedom does not imply a right to say or do anything. Human beings began more fully to understand and express their own God-given role in creation. Pope John, the Pope John Paul II has stated, The earth, by reason of its fruitfulness and its capacity to satisfy human needs, is God's first gift for the sustenance of human life. But the earth does not yield its fruits without a particular human response to God's gift, that is to say, without working. It is through work that man, using his intelligence and exercising his freedom, succeeds in dominating the earth, and making it a fitting home. The Bible contains a profound message about the stewardship of material creation. God created the world, but entrusts it to human beings. Caring for and cultivating the world involves the following. Joyful appreciation of the God-given beauty and wonder of nature, protection and preservation of the environment, which would be the stewardship of ecological concern, respect for human life, shielding life from threat and assault, doing everything that can be done to enhance this gift and making life flourish, and development of this world through noble human effort, physical labor, the trades and professions, the arts and sciences. We call such effort work. Work is a fulfilling human vocation. Reverence for the Creator is present and active in nature. Moreover, it may serve as a ground for environmental responsibility. For the very plants and animals, mountains and oceans, which in their loveliness and sublimity lift our minds to God by their fragility and perishing, likewise cry out. We have not made ourselves. God brings them into being and sustains them into existence. It is to the creator of the universe then that we are accountable for what we do or what we fail to do, to preserve and care for the earth and all its creatures. For the Lord's are the earth and its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. Dwelling in the presence of God, we begin to experience ourselves as part of creation as stewards within it, not separate from it. As faithful stewards, fullness of life comes from living responsibly within God's creation. Stewardship implies that we must both care for creation according to standards that are not of our own making, and at the same time, be resourceful in finding ways to make the earth flourish. It is a difficult balance requiring both a sense of limits and a spirit of experimentation. Even as we rejoice in the earth's abundance and in the beauty of nature, stewardship places upon us responsibility for the well-being of all God's creatures. Pope John II warns us that world peace is threatened not only by means of arms race, regional conflicts, and continued injustices among peoples and nations, but also by lack of due respect for nature.
by the plundering of natural resources and by a progressive decline in the quality of life due to collective selfishness and greed. This evolved from the indiscriminate application of advances in science and technology that have brought seemingly benefits to harmful long-term effects to humanity, a growing moral problem in area of ecosystem that has consequences to the well-being of future generations. He then calls and emphasizes that the preservation of ecological environment is mankind's joint responsibility through respect for life and, above all, for the dignity of the human person. It should be the ultimate guiding norm for any sound economic, industrial, or scientific progress. As God puts humanity at the center of his creation, man is tasked as towards or caretakers of God's created beings. This noble duty does not only utilize the gifts bestowed upon by him, but importantly, to share the fruits of his creation to all. As God bestowed dignity to human persons, they should, be rec they should recognize the dignity of other creatures, a relationship of responsibility. Pope Francis, in his encyclical Laudato Si, presents ecological problems our world is facing, such as variety of forms of pollution, increasing deforestation, a disturbing warming of the climate, depletion of natural resources, especially quality drinking water, loss of diversity, the decline of quality of human life and relationships, and the global inequality gap between poor and the rich. He cited a culture that is throwaway. Throwaway culture that ruthlessly consumes, exploits, and discards human life and our natural resources as one of the root causes. He then urges faith convictions that can and should motivate Christians to assume their responsibility as caretakers of creation like recycling, segregating wastes, carpooling, and the like are not just expressions of civic-mindedness, but more profoundly, of fidelity to Christ who commands us to love our neighbor who share with us a common home. Human Beings and the Talks of Gender and Sexuality Faced with theories that consider gender identity as merely the cultural and social product of the interaction between the community and the individual, independent of personal sexual identity without any reference to the true meaning of sexuality, the Church does not tire of repeating her teaching. Everyone, man and woman, should acknowledge and accept his sexual identity. Physical, moral, and spiritual difference and complementarities are oriented towards the goods of marriage and the flourishing of family life. The harmony of the couple and of society depends in part on the way in which the complementarities, needs, and mutual support between the sexes are lived out. According to this perspective, it is obligatory that positive law be conformed to the natural law, according to which sexual identity is indispensable because it is the objective condition for forming a couple in marriage. In the encyclical of Pope Francis, Amoris Laetitia, he identifies a challenge posed by the various forms of an ideology of gender that denies the difference and reciprocity in nature 
of a man and a woman and visualizing a society without sexual differences, thereby eliminating the anthropological basis of the family. This ideology leads to educational programs and legislative enactments that promote a personal identity and emotional intimacy radically separated from the biological difference between male and female. Consequently, he said, human identity becomes the choice of the individual, one which can also change over time that can be a source of concern that some ideologies of this sort which seek to respond to what are at times understandable aspirations manage to assert themselves as absolute and unquestionable, even dictating how children should be raised. He emphasized that biological sex and social-cultural role of sex or gender can be distinguished but not separated. It is one thing to be understanding of human weakness and the complexities of life and another to accept ideologies that attempt to separate what are inseparable aspects of reality. Finally, Pope Francis urged that we are creatures and not omnipotent. Creation is prior to us and must be received as a gift. At the same time, we are called to protect our humanity and this means, in the first place, accepting it and respecting it as it was created. The Church recognizes and does not neglect a number of men and women who have deep-seated sexual tendencies. They must be accepted with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. Every sign of unjust discrimination in their regard should be avoided. These persons are called to fulfill God's will in their lives. Like every human being, whether male or female, homosexuals are also called to chastity. By the virtues of self-mastery that teach them inner freedom, at times by the support of this interested friendship, by prayer and sacramental grace, they can and should gradually and resolutely approach Christian perfection. Pope Francis, while aboard the papal flight to Rome, said, Christians should apologize to gay people for marginalizing them, citing that we are all human persons. In the Philippine context, the former president of the Catholic Bishops' Conference of the Philippines, Lingayan Dagupan Archbishop Socrates Villegas, came out with a statement supporting a proposed anti-discrimination law for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community. However, he emphasized that the Church cannot encourage choosing one's gender and performing homosexual acts, among other things. It explained that gender and sexuality must be counted as God's gift, insofar as the proposed piece of legislation renders illegitimate the relegation of persons with sexual orientation and gender identity issues to citizens of a lower category enjoying fewer rights, the CBCP cannot lend its support to this proposed legislative measure. He said, an anti-discrimination law is a gesture of charity. If Discrimination means that certain individuals, because of sexual orientation or gender identity, are systematically denied fundamental human rights. He then urged priests to care for all, including the LGBT community, and warned parents against imbuing in children the loathing and disgust for the LGBT. 
He instructed Catholic schools for their part to implement a zero-tolerance policy against bullying and badgering of persons in such personal situations. He also explained that treating the members of the LGBT community as outcasts certainly does not conform to Pope Francis' vision of the Church as a sacrament of divine mercy and compassion. Persons with homosexual orientation are sons and daughters of God, no less than any of us is. Discrimination against them is contrary to the gospel spirit. Verbal and physical violence against them is an offense against the Lord who is good. Created as Imago Dei, man and woman have the same and are of equal value. In a relationship of mutual communion, man and woman fulfill themselves in a profound way, rediscovering themselves as persons through the sincere gift of themselves. Human sexuality is thus a good part of that created gift which God saw as being very good when he created the human person in his image and likeness, and male and female he created them. Insofar as it is a way of relating and being open to others, sexuality has love as its intrinsic end. More precisely, love as donation and acceptance, love as giving and receiving.